It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder need to figure out how they're going to develop Usman Jang. What are the likely pathways for his rookie season? And how can he grow and reach his full potential? Plus, Summer League comes to a close. Let's grade every single player. Who made the biggest leap in Summer League? And who are we left with more questions than answers? Let's talk about it today on Locked On Thunder, the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder wrapping up Summer League. What are the plans for Usman Jang in his rookie season? How do we grade the Thunder Summer League roster? What comes next in OKC? All of this and more. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you can go and they have you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Go check them out. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. I'm your host, member and Aaron Chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. So let's dive into Usman Jang. He finally had that breakout game in Summer League against the Kings in a 86-80 win. Usman Jang scored 12 points, hauled in seven rebounds, an assist, a block, one for two from three, only missed two shots inside the arc. He missed three shots total. Looked really good with the ball in his hands. I mean, just really, really good whenever he was able to possess the basketball. And, you know, this entire Summer League, the the process has been really good for Usman Jing. Like he's taken good quality shots. He hasn't really forced much of anything. He hasn't really had any issues in summer league. The shots just weren't falling. There were times where maybe he was not as aggressive as you like. There were times where it was clear he was trying to figure out what his role should be on the floor. But in general, he did everything the right way. The shots just didn't fall and they didn't look as good on the box score the next morning. But in this game, 
this was the game where it was very evident why the Thunder dropped him. This was the game where it was very evident what his ceiling might be in the NBA. Now, of course, you never want to take too much away from one summer league game. And this summer league game does not make him, you know, uh, the next superstar in OKC. But it does give an outline of how he fits into this Thunder puzzle. Because this entire time, the Thunder have been looking for guys and looking for players that fit this mold. He's the 6'11 big, but he has guard-like skills. And, you know, until his growth spurt, he was a guard. And you saw instances of individual plays in this game, not just the counting stats going up, but individual plays where the vision's clear. One of his threes was just so tightly contested and the defender was right in his face and his arm was covering up Ching's face and didn't matter. A step behind the line with the defender in his face and then Jing buries it because he's so tall, he's so lengthy, and has that jump shot, that release point where he just couldn't get blocked on that play. One of those, uh, you know, seven rebounds, he grabs it, turns, and goes coast to coast with a Euro step layup, which is exactly what the Thunder have been preaching since hiring Mark Dugnoff. That's exactly what they've been trying to do. Positionless basketball. Everyone's a playmaker, grab and go, running in pace. It's why, you know, the take foul change can be a big deal for OKC, uh, you know, if it's actually going to, uh, you know, perform the way the NBA wants it to, right? And it eliminates the take foul, and you can actually play fast and play in transition. So that was an example of it. Even defensively, whenever he got a block at the rim, that block, he was able to block the shot, get the ball, go coast to coast, dump it off to Eugene, and Eugene, of course, dunks it, got fouled, though, uh, on that play, but you know the grab and go stuff from him was really, really good. Much better game from him as a driver too. Again, we mentioned the aggressiveness as a driver in this game off the dribble, kind of creating for himself at the rim and going to the rim with a full head of steam. He didn't shy away from that contact. He kind of absorbed it better, and he just was more assertive in his game at the rim than he had been in games past in OKC for this summer league period. And then we saw an instance where he was really good off ball. He relocated from the corner. Uh, down to the dunker spot, Chet Holmgren finds him. And this was a, a a play in which, you know, he really had two options there. He could have stayed in the corner and likely would have had an open three-point shot uh, from Chet Holmgren. He called for it, uh, didn't get it, went down to the dunker spot, then he got it. And when the pass came in from Chet Holmgren, Usman Jing jumps up and gets the pass. And while he's in the air receiving the pass, he's able to kind of contort his body just a little bit to use his body as a shield of the you know against the defender and give himself an open layup on that play. So you can see those little things kind of coming together a bit for Usman Jang in this in this way. And you know you 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 just saw it against the Kings. Not only did the shots fall, but you saw the the moments where okay, this is a player that can fit the exact style, the exact system OKC wants to run. Now in this game, he did hurt his right wrist and he has a chip in it, you know, a fracture. The team says he's going to be ready for training camp, though. Um, so hopefully he's recovering nicely, and hopefully he is ready for training camp, and this doesn't kind of linger throughout his rookie year. But it is on his right wrist, or even longer than that. But of course, hopefully he makes that speedy recovery. And again, the team does think he'll be ready for training camp. But it's important that we got to see this game from Jang, and not because summer league is like this end all be all, but just because you know the Thunder clearly believe in him. They clearly invested in him with with those future first round picks and trading up, you know, trading into the first back into the first round to get them uh, at 11 and keeping their pick at 12. The Thunder clearly believe he can have this high of a ceiling. And, you know, he showed off some things in the NBL, of course, at a very good second half of the season 
uh, kind of overcoming that that shaky first half. But this is why, because of the ceiling of here's another guy that you can add to the list of if he pans out, if he hits his his ceiling, if he hits that kind of one percent of his ceiling. Well, then he's going to be a 6'11 guy who can shoot and score at all three levels and also pass the ball and also go coast-to-coast on rebounds. And you've compiled a lot of these guys already. And the thing is, we always talk about how hard it is to hit your ceiling. We always talk about how hard it is to to get to the mountaintop. So you got to take a player's floor, take a player's ceiling, and likely find the truth somewhere in the middle of their game. The caveat to that might be, and this is kind of the grand experiment I think Oklahoma City is trying to pull off, it might be, hey, if we grab a bunch of guys whose top ceiling is this unicorn, never-seen-before player that can just revolutionize the game, if we grab a lot of these guys, the odds say one of them will pan out. And if one of them pans out and you add that guy to Shea and Giddy, all of a sudden you've got an, an, an incredible core. If two of those guys pan out, all of a sudden you have a historic core. And so we'll see if, if, if that's how the odds play out. But again... You're giving yourself another shot at another guy whose top 1% ceiling is revolutionary in the NBA. And that's awesome. You know, that, that, that is exciting, to say the least. Uh, and now comes the hard part. But see, again, you've compiled so many of these guys from Chet to Poku to, to Jang to all these guys who, who can be this quote-unquote unicorn type of player. You've got all the guys here. You've gotten an environment and an ecosystem that is renowned in the NBA as one of the best developmental systems in the league. You've got an organization and an environment that has been conducive to growth within young players who agents and players seek out in the draft process, seek out in the undrafted process. You have success stories to where with all those factors coinciding and all those chances to hit the top 1% of a ceiling, it makes you feel really good that they can do it. But the, but the, Question becomes, what's the pathway to getting Usman Jang to his 1% ceiling? Let's talk about that coming up. Let's talk about what his rookie year could look like to try to maximize his NBA potential and kind of what we want to see from him as a rookie. All that and more coming up. Plus, we're going to grade the Thunder Summer League roster. Every single player on the roster, we're going to give them a letter grade and talk about what they did well, what they didn't do so well in Summer League and what we want to see from them come training camp and preseason as the Thunder wrap up summer league. And so they're done playing basketball until the end of September as we roll into the October preseason and regular season and start this all over again. So a lot to get to. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sport betting needs, sport info from the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's MLB season, but online is your continued source for all of your sports wager information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spo- uh, spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. Betonline.net is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So check it out today and go over to BetOnline where the game starts. And folks, if you're saying to yourself right now, yeah, that's all great, but I only pay attention to the NBA. This is an NBA podcast. That's okay. You want to know why? It's because you can bet on the NBA right now. You might be thinking to yourself, well, how can I do that? The summer league is over. Folks, the prop bets, they never stop. They never stop. Go look at the championship odds right now. The Thunder do not have the worst odds at the title. 
In fact, they are tied with the Pistons, Pacers, Magic, Kings, and Spurs as the second to worst odds at the title. The lone spot of worst odds to win the championship is the Houston Rockets. You can also bet on things like player future bets, uh, prop bets like who's going to win coach of the year, and our guy Mark is at the very bottom, sadly, even below Steven Silas, who has worst odds of winning you know, the NBA finals, which is weird. Uh, you know, you can bet on uh, futures such as Chet Holmgren points per game and blocks per game. That's really fun to, uh, to bet on. So check it all out today. Bet online is where you go for all of that fun stuff. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day, our network is doing some great things right now, uh, which NFL stars move the betting line the most is the question. So which of these NFL stars, we're about to begin the NFL season, contribute the most to covering the spread? And starting July 18th, Locked On is giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odd makers at Bet Online. So available July 18th on the Locked On NFL podcast, wherever you get podcasts from and on YouTube, you can start this series of the top 50 most valuable NFL players to get you set for the regular season and set for betting on the NFL as that's quickly approaching as well. So check it out today, uh, Locked on NFL, for your national NFL coverage. Now, we are back on the Locked on Thunder Podcast, on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. And folks, let's continue talking about Usman Jing and, and, and kind of how his developmental pathway might shake out. After watching that Kings game and seeing how off the dribble, he was able to get to the rim and create for himself as a uh, finisher at the cup. You know, and, and off of that comes, of course, playmaking and passing as well. Only had the one assist, but you can see that in his bag as well, plus the coast-to-coast stuff. Seeing all that, it's easy to say, look, this guy should spend time in the G League, and that's no knock, right? We, I think that there's still this negative connotation with the G League. There's, there's nothing negative about it. It's helped progress a ton of players. Look at the difference between what Poku looks like pre and post G League, what Trey Mann looked like pre and post G League. A lot of these guys on this Thunder roster have spent time in the G League and has gotten them a lot better. The Thunder are very comfortable using that with Grant Gibbs' system, and they're very comfortable using that whenever Mark was that coach as well, and they truly do value the G League. And so with that value, with that investment, comes better results of development. And so sending Usman Jing down to the G League will be a good thing, and it will happen this year. Now, the question is how much? Because it's going to be hard to get all these guys into a 10-man rotation in the regular season. It's just going to be very difficult. 
it's going to depend on how they want to balance their rotation and how they want to balance you know, their motives for the upcoming season. And so seeing him play with the ball in his hands, it's easy to say, you know, the blue is going to be a very viable option. The question I have, though, is how do you balance it? Because I, I agree that the blue is his best option of development on ball because he's going to have so many obstacles in the NBA where he can't be on ball a lot. And I think that the best outcome for him to maximize his offensive ceiling, it's not to relegate him to an off-ball player, it's to put the ball in his hands a little bit more. I think that that's how you get to that 1% ceiling of Usman Jang. So if we agree, there's not a ton of ball handler minutes to be had in the NBA right now for the Thunder. They have a lot of guys who demand the ball in their hands. But the best course of action for developing Jing long-term is with the ball in his hands. How do you balance sending him to the blue and then letting him run the show and letting him do whatever he wants to do with the ball in his hands versus teaching him how to play off ball? And I think it'll be fascinating to watch, and I don't have these answers, but I think it'll be fascinating to watch how the Thunder do balance that because if we're saying right now that he does not have the ball in his hands because of other obstacles on the roster, where are they going to go? Because those obstacles are Shea, Josh Getty, Chet Holmgren, guys who you have locked up for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. For Shea, of course, he's starting his five-year extension right now. And then for Giddy, he's got eight more years of team control. And for Chet, nine more years. So these obstacles aren't going to disappear overnight by any means. And if all works out, they're going to be here at least for five years. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Thunder go about making him an off-ball player with those guys in half-court set and also allowing him to play on ball. And now look, I personally agree with the ideology that Mark has of, you know, everyone's a playmaker, everybody can have the ball in their hands, everybody can go coast-to-coast on the rebound, we want to play fast, 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 fast. I agree. And that gets you a lot of wins, especially whenever your roster is complete and uh, you're playing the regular season. That can get that can produce a ton of wins in the regular season. But we all know the playoffs is a different animal. And it might sound strange to talk playoffs right now because I know where the Thunder are at, but the whole goal of this, the whole goal of top 12 picks, as Jang is, is to have them on the floor in the playoffs and for them to be playoff contributors. So when the game slows down and when you're forced to play in the half court, those opportunities to grab and go get smaller and smaller and smaller. How can you continue to find ways to get Jang the ball whenever he's on the floor with Shea and Giddy and uh, Holmgren, all together, all four together. We've got four guys who are probably best with the ball in their hand. I think it's going to be very interesting and a very delicate balancing act between those things. And how much can you progress, Jang, as an off-ball player? I think that the early season rotation will see Jang a lot with the OKC Blue, and that might be what's best, because with the Blue you can have that balance of, okay, you know, Tuesday against Ignite, you're going to just control the game. You're basically the point guard. But against Grand Rapids on Thursday, you're playing off ball, and you're getting set up by our guys. And, and we're trying to see kind of how you're going to play off of, off of uh, you know, away from the ball in the offensive end. And you have that flexibility. Whereas, you know, this, this year... We're talking about roster crunch. We're talking about rotational crunch where, you know, there's going to be guys who just don't get minutes that we really want to see get minutes and really want to see play. 
some of your fan favorites are not going to play because there's not enough minutes to go around in an NBA game whenever they're all healthy. In an NBA game, you cannot find minutes, much less much much less ball dominant minutes for Usman Jang. So I, I am very curious to see what the plan is for him as a developmental project. Because the the when if you close your eyes and think, okay, if Jang hits his ceiling, what does he look like? Most often has a ball in his hands, right? That's what that's what you're envisioning. But the pathway to get there is very difficult with the current roster. Especially in the playoffs whenever things get slowed down. So I, I'm interested to see how that pans out and how that goes. But coming up, we're going to you know, rank and grade all uh, 14 roster spots. We're going to combine uh, Gabe Brown, Robert, Robert Baker, and then Abdul Gaddy and Jaden Shackelford because they just didn't play enough to have a complete grade. Plus, wrap up how Summer League went for the Thunder as uh, they ended up beating the Kings 86-80, as we mentioned before, where you had the Jang pop game and the Trey Mann pop game. Uh, they beat the Warriors 90-82 as JRE went for 15-14, and uh, 14, uh, 15 points, 14 rebounds. And then whenever literally nobody played besides J-Will and Vit of the roster guys, they lost 107-71 to to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, in Salt Lake City, they went 2-1. and one. In Vegas, they went 3-2. and two. Overall, their record was 5-3. and three. So a good showing in Vegas. And now let's go and grade the roster. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So we're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and in chief over at thundersententious.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we've already went over all of what Usman Shang is doing um, with his developmental stuff and what the pathway looks like for his rookie season. And now... Let's go ahead and let's preview the, I mean, I shouldn't say preview, let's recap and, and grade some of the roster. Josh Giddy gets a flying colors A. I, I love what we saw from him with the ball in his hands. His, his ball handling looked a, lot, looked, looked a lot better. His driving looked much improved, much stronger, much more assertive. And even his defense looked improved. Now, I'm not worried about the jump shot. And we've talked about this, you know, last week. I'm not worried about the jump shot at all because, He's only been given four months to improve it, and you can't fix everything in four months. You can't fix a jump shot in four months. And this is a guy who is willing to admit he has an issue on the floor and is willing to fix it, and by all accounts is a very hard worker and is going to fix it. So I'm not worried at all about that. Uh, Chet Holmgren, he gets an A from me uh, because he just provided a lot of calmness, and that's a word I used a lot the last two weeks. Watching him play in summer league, the fear of him being a bust to me should be alleviated. Now, again, you cannot take too much away from summer league. You cannot, like 
build a guy's whole career based on summer league. But with Chet Holmgren, to me, it felt like a sigh of relief where this is going to be a second contract guy. This is going to be a guy who stays in the league a very long time. And maybe he never hits a superstar potential, but he's going to hit his quality starter potential, I believe, um, and quality piece uh, you know, quality piece potential uh, as, a, as he's a shot blocker and is able to um, you know, impact the game offensively. He still has that high ceiling of a superstar, but I do feel comfortable that he's going to have a, a higher floor than what most people projected a month ago. Uh, just, just awesome from him, though, overall, especially that first game in Salt Lake City. Uh, Jalen Williams, a.k.a. J-Dub from Santa Clara, A as well. So good off-ball offensively, the shooting, the cutting, the defensive strides even. You know, defensively, he looked really good. Um, he is going to be a guy that I think that Thunder fans fall in love with very quickly, um, especially even those that didn't watch Summer League. Like, just immediately he's going to steal the heart of Bricktown whenever he gets uh, gets the town because his, his personality is just out of this world good. The smile, the the play on the court, the the fun off the court on social media. He has the whole package. He has the whole markability factor going from as well. Jalen Williams is going to be a player for a very, very, very long time. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, A as well. Uh, he he took himself off the roster bubble to me. Like to me, if the Thunder would, would cut him, I'd be very shocked. Um, he does have non-guarantees in his contract, but you know, the three and D, you know, the cutting ability, and he showed off his jumper at all three levels, even in the mid-range and even as a ball handler and a passer as well. But to me, Wiggins is just the player that you need to to complete a rebuild. Uh, he's a piece that you need uh, to win you games. Again, I, I reference back to the last time the Thunder were good and, and were vying for the playoffs every single year and were trying to win championships. How many times did they lack guys like Aaron Wiggins? And, and so it, it's easier said than done to get an Aaron Wiggins, right? Like we always want to focus on getting the Kevin Durant's of the world, getting the Russell Westbrook's of the world. world. It's hard to find Aaron Wiggins as, as well. So once you find them, you can't just give them away willy-nilly. So I, I really like what, what Wiggins is able to do. Uh, Usman Jang, I gave him a C plus because, again, the process was there. The, the you know, look was there. Just sometimes the shots didn't fall, and that drug down his stats and everything. Really, I should give him a B probably because the process was there, and, and you saw the process working for him. And, of course, we just went over how great he looked in that last game. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Poku was way too small of a sample size to judge, but... I gave him a D minus and I grade him, I graded him pretty harshly because this is a third year player. Granted his first ever summer league, but he's played in the NBA for three years. Like this is a guy who, you know, only having one good game in summer league is just not, you know, it's just not acceptable or, or, you know, again, summer league is a matter of, I shouldn't say acceptable. That's kind of a harsh word. And, and again, he's going into his third year playing, but he's played two years in the NBA. You know, it's acceptable because it's summer league, but you would have liked to see more is how I should have phrased it. You would like to see more from him uh, as a going into his third year guy who hasn't been experienced than a D minus and just a one good game. And otherwise than that one good game looking pretty lost out there um, during summer league. But Critchie, I give him a B. I love the defensive strides we've seen him make in four months. This is his first healthy off season in the, in the NBA. And he made a lot of improvements on the defensive end. Offense of course was still there. Uh, Trey man, much like Usman Jang, C plus, but because like he had a lot of bad games, sure, like stat wise, I didn't really care. He had that huge pop game against against the Kings. We know what this guy can do in the NBA. He was bad in Vegas last year too. Like we know what he can do in the NBA. It, it, it's incredible what he did in the second half. Uh, and then of course his ankle, you know, he had an ankle injury, but I'm not worried about that either. That seems like a very very minor thing, minor uh, ankle sprain, twist, whatever you want to call it. C plus for Trey Man. Uh, Jerry, I gave him a B plus. Love his defensive versatility. Love the rim finishing improvement we saw from him in summer league. And, and I really believe that 
you know, the shooting stroke is going to be there and you're going to see a big percentage jump from him eventually, either this year or next year from beyond the arc. Uh, Lindy waters. I gave him a C plus to a B, uh, Looked a tad better defensively, honestly, in, in Vegas. Shot the ball well. It's just kind of what he does at this point. Uh, Eugene Omore, uh, he's a tank, and he shot the ball and drove the ball every chance he got. But I gave him a C because, like, hey, he's, he's a nice player to have on a two-way, and I think he's going to dominate the G League if he stays healthy. But again, we can hardly find rotational spots if we're trying to decipher a, a rotation here as fans. We can hardly find, find you know, minutes for... The 11th overall pick. How are we going to find it for two-way guys? So, just eh. Uh, Jalen Williams, I gave him a D plus. Uh, the first handful of games were just terrible for Jalen Williams, to be blank, you know, to be frank. Uh, but the charges drawn were great. And at the end, though, what what kind of drug his grade up um, was at the end, he really showed off his post-playmaking. And we need to see more of that. I think that the Thunder envision more of that. I've talked about how the Thunder have been pushing position lists. They've been pushing, you know, playmaking uh, from every player on the floor and grab-and-go and, and fast-paced stuff. When they get to the half-court stuff, though, going back to watching Al Horford play for this team, Mark has been allowing guys to playmake out of the post and run sets through the post and do dribble handoffs and, and, and stuff like that with Shea from his you know centers and, and, and power forwards. And so Jay Williams can fit in on that post-playmaking that Mark likes to do a lot. Uh, and, of course, he still provides really good defense down low. Uh, now, the rest of the roster, Gabe Brown was great the last game. Doesn't really matter. Rob Baker was fine whenever he got to play. Doesn't really matter. Uh, if anything, these grades are incomplete because, of course, they didn't really play that much. Uh, Abdul Gaddy had that fantastic whip pass. That was cool. Uh, but again, incomplete for all four guys because they shouldn't get an opportunity enough to play in front of us. Now, they still were practicing behind the scenes and still were performing very well in those settings. But in front of us on the grand stage, they just did not get enough opportunity to, to truly grade them. It would be kind of unfair at that point. But I really like what we saw from Gabe Brown and Rob Baker in that last game. Uh, what does it actually mean? Who knows, right? Because again, the Thunders have such a roster crunch, but maybe that was good enough to get them a training camp invite, whether it's an OKC or elsewhere, where they can go and prove that they need a two-way deal or whatever. Um, you know, their, their career kind of unfolds. So that's interesting to monitor coming up to see who's going to be on the training camp roster, who, who will be there for the training camp bodies, and of course, who makes the actual Thunder roster. So coming up on this uh, Lockdown Thunder podcast this week, we're going to have a roster projection come out this week, our first roster projection of the year. After Summer League, we'll do it again right at training camp starting. We'll do it again right after training camp as we head into the preseason. We'll do it again after the uh, after the preseason's over before we have the official roster in our hands for regular season. And then we'll see who's actually on the roster and see how wrong we were or right we were. So check it out. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.